there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then just, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. My name is Salty. <laughs> My name's Cam. Why did you do it like that? Uh, I'm just trying to be straight after the whole bent. Uh, we got told off in the in the lead up to this. Yeah, in the unrecorded yes. bent. Yep. Good. All right, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about Gulf of Tonkin, mm-hmm. Laurel Canyon. Yes. In that order. Yes. Going to also just say we skipped a little bit there. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. I'm good, thanks. So, the Gulf of... How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks for asking. No worries. Cam. (laughs) So, the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. We mentioned last week. Yes. Jim Morrison's dad was in charge of the whole situation. And the beginning of the Vietnam War. Hmm. Now, now, did cut this because I was like, after you mentioned it, I was like, the Gulf of Tonkin, Robbo? Wink, wink, right? And you're like, yeah, all right. It's a whole big thing. We should do a whole episode about it. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. Turns out it's not that much of a big thing. No. Like it's all pretty, well, no. There's a couple of things to it. Do you, do you want to, do you know the official story well well enough to go into it? Sure. And this is the official story and this is like the official, official story now that it's all come out. So August 2nd, 1964. Uh, the USS Maddox, which is the um, aircraft carrier, I guess, or a sh- uh, US Navy boat, mm-hmm. uh, was attacked by North Vietnamese patrol boats. I th- were they in Vietnamese water or North Vietnamese water? Uh, they were there in the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. Uh, I think they were in South Vietnamese water. Yeah. Uh, in the official story, they weren't doing anything, but I'll let you go on. I th- well, I think also in the official story that like they fired warning shots. And then they were fired back back upon. Yeah, so so I guess what's come out since is mm. they were doing pretty much illegal reconnaissance. Mm. So there was a Geneva Convention or a Geneva meeting where everyone signed and said, no, we're going to sort of leave them to it. America didn't sign it and they kept were doing some covert operations. Mm. Not so covert they, enough though. No, so they got caught with their hands in the old cookie jar mm. or their ship in the Gulf of Tonkin yeah. and – Scarped out of the way, like being chased by the, the PT boats, the mm-hmm. Vietnamese boats, and they sent a couple of warning shots off. Yeah. So the PT, the Vietnamese boats, 
shot back, yeah. thinking they were being shot at. Yeah. And they had a little bit of Which a gunfight. Which is fight. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we were just doing warning shots. <laughs> it's not fair that you shot at us. After we invaded your turf for reconnaissance. Yeah. Two nights later, uh, the USS Maddox, now in international waters, I believe, uh, detects North Vietnamese, uh, was it subs or torpedo boats? Mm-hmm. And they uh, detect that they've been fired upon by North Vietnamese torpedoes. Uh, so it wasn't actually that. It was that the Maddox, there was two boats, yeah. uh, Maddox and the Turner Joy. Yeah. So the Turner Joy sort of came to defend the Maddox in some way. But they they detect the torpedoes. Yeah, yeah. And they ring it in. Yeah. Oh, they've shot at us with torpedoes. They're so mean. Back at the White House, they're like, well, this outrage will not stand. Mm. Time, I think. For a little something we like to call the Vietnam War. Yeah. And that's how it all began. Turns out. <laughs> so not only were they doing illegal reconnaissance, mm. uh, it came out, was it 2005? They kind of came out officially and said. So in, I think it had already, it was already out there before this. Mm. So it turned out that uh, there was no attack on the 4th of August. Mm. It was a, uh, the way it sort of got described was a uh, there's a in that uh, movie The Fog of War, yep, which came out well before 2005, right? Oh, I don't know, but uh, in that there's a recording of like the guy sheepishly calling up afterwards, like a few hours later, and being like, "Oh yeah, so uh, this is the the quote." They get keyed up with things like this. Everything they hear on the sonar is a torpedo. It's like our torpedo, our sonar guys. Like when they're excited, yeah, they see torpedoes. Yeah. But then the guy on the other end is like, but there definitely was an attack, right? And the guy on the phone's like, oh, yeah, without a doubt, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then that was used as then as justification yeah. for the Vietnam War. So, but the initial intel was that there had been an attack, had to be responded to, but then it wasn't too long afterwards that back in Washington they knew yeah. That it was just a mix-up. Yeah. But they went ahead anyway. Now, what happened in 2005 was that uh, some guy, I think maybe at the NSA or using NSA documents, uh, they released this report he'd written and they released all of the supporting documents and it was basically the NSA, whose remit is to monitor foreign communications, they were monitoring North Vietnamese communications and they knew from what they'd monitored that there hadn't been an attack. Yeah. And they've since asked, I think, generals involved directly yeah. on the Vietnamese side and they said, no, nah, yeah. we didn't do anything. So that's – and this is kind of often used as an example of false flags. It's not really a false flag. It's kind of fudging fudging the truth. Well, um, but you the, know, you, initial, as an example of the government lying to us. If it hadn't – so you can say the official story now is that they were confused and they sent the wrong intel. Yeah. So I think the official US story is they sent the wrong intel and then uh, the US government uh, acted too quickly. Mm. The actual story is that they sent the wrong intel and the US government massively exploited yes. that even though they had a feeling that it wasn't quite right. Yes. But then the conspiracy version would be they deliberately sent the wrong intel because they, you know, they were told man- manufacture an excuse to go to war rather than the more likely thing, which is they an excuse presented itself and they took advantage of it. Mm. 
sort of like Iraq. And 9-11? And 9-11, yeah. So is that the only conspiracy here? Well, I did see another conspiracy with uh, the 2005 release of the documents. Mm. Uh, apparently that was delayed. The NSA were like, oh, we had to delay it because we wanted all of the supporting documents to come out with this report. But then the conspiracy was they delayed it because it's too much like 9-11 in Iraq. Right. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so they they wanted to put a bit of distance between uh, the war in Iraq and this. Yeah. So exploding brain meme. Yeah. First one is... It happened. Yeah. Second. All of the brains in the exploding brain meme are fairly exploding though, right? <laughs> Can, is that a conspiracy? No. No, they, there's, there's tears. Second is it didn't happen but the they used it yep. to, to justify the Vietnam War. Third is they didn't release it properly because of 9-11. Yeah. What about fourth? Well, fourth is. This is a universe brain now. Yeah. Happened all along. <laughs> There's a lot of people that were on the boats at the time that said, still come out today and say, yep. Oh, it did happen. Yep. They're like someone, one guy sketched what he saw and it matched the boats perfectly that he'd never allegedly seen before. Uh, I watched an interview with two guys. One of them was old. He was 98. Did not understand a word he said. Had to skip all his parts. The other guy was pretty old. Um, I've written down their names. Let me just, so you know that I'm not lying. Yep. Uh, Admiral Vassy and Chad James, who was a radar man mm-hmm. on the um, on the Turner Joy. Yeah, he's like, I'm not. I don't get keyed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said when they were sent along to protect the Maddox, basically there was a lot of covert stuff happening there, which we kind of already knew. Mm. But there was people that shouldn't have been on that boat, and there was uh, equipment that shouldn't have been on that boat. Mm. They basically were quite offended that. President Lyndon Johnson, uh, I think as a direct quote, said that they were dumb, stupid sailors because yeah. <laughs> they got caught out by flying fish in a bit of storm. Yeah, He said they dropped flares, they sent flares up, they saw, definitely saw boats, they could see shells landing on, on boats. Mm. Uh, it all happened. But the reason the Vietnamese didn't know about it was not them. It wasn't the Vietnamese. It was the Chinese. Oh, snap. Uh, and that's... Whether or why that is, whether it was over the technology. Mm. Look, to be honest, all the things I read about this, no one actually had a reason why they would do a double fake. Yeah. Maybe it is technology. Maybe it isn't. Did they know it was the – did the US know it was the Chinese? Or well, I think just, so. That, that's, the dumb that's why they're trying to now – or it could just be the sailors are like, we're not dumb, you're dumb. Yeah. We were right <laughs> and they're just trying to like cover their tracks. But there's a few – I watched one that was on um, – some sort of Hawaii public access TV channel that was on YouTube. A few interviews with the, these guys. Uh, the main the main ones you can find are from the Admiral Vassy, who's the old guy. I had no idea what he was saying, though. Yeah. Really old. Um, but, yeah, they are 100% convinced and yep. multiple eyewitnesses, all from the boats that are all will swear that it definitely happened. i got to say, good... Exploding brain meme usage. Thank you. Because it seemed like that they were de-escalating. Yeah. And then it all made sense in the end, as a bloody excellent exploding brain meme should. Yeah. Uh, there's not much more to it. I did. Did you see the Joe Rogan clip where he's debating this with some guy? Yeah, the guy from Metabunk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like Joe Rogan. I've no. decided. 
So Joe Rogan. He seems like a nice guy, but he, he seems to take the counterpoint with no facts and just kind of talk over his guest. Yeah. But is that his just his way of getting them to talk more? No, in this case it's just like berating them. So Rogan was like trying to make the point that false flags could happen. Mm. I don't know what it was about, mm. what false flag had happened well, that the, the, to make this point. This guy, I'm guessing if this guy was from Metabunk, he was a famous debunker. Mm. So they're arguing about Operation Northwood. He was bloody good at debunking, I'll, tell, I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- th- I think they were talking about false flags in general. Yeah. And he was like, look, the proof that false flags could be real is look at Operation Northwoods, mm. which was the Joint Chief of Staff uh, memo talking about, oh, should we like kill a couple, yeah, couple of civilians? Mm. And blame it on Cuba. Mm. And the Metabunk guy's like, well, I didn't actually do it though. There's a mm. memo saying, should we do this? Yeah. And then they're like, no, we shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. And I'd kind of expect, I kind of expect everyone to go through those scenarios. Yeah. If you're in the world, in the business of war in the America, yeah. like you're already debating killing people anyway. Yeah. We just kill our own people a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> should we kick that around a bit? Yeah. No. Okay. Cool. I like I like that Rogan's like see that's the but you can see even if they didn't do it you can see that was the mindset they were in hmm. but it's like they're already in the mindset of murder on a mass scale yeah 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 yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but he was also and the Gulf of Tonkin proves that false flags can happen and it's like well it wasn't a false flag yeah but you can still say that it was exploited the way that nine eleven was exploited yeah it wasn't a good scenario no one's saying that mm. uh, and it wasn't yeah. The people, the people that are doing wars mm. are still bad. Yeah. But then Joe Rogan's like, see, 9-11, he's like, has Joe Rogan ever been a 9-11 truther? Uh, he, I, I think he's taken counterpoints on both sides. Because on this he was like, you know, look at 9-11, which was, you know, a bunch of guys got planes and flew them into the World Trade Center. Now that was a conspiracy because they conspired to do that. So yeah. that means you shouldn't discount these other conspiracies. It's like, no, but that's... It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible there's, argument. There's the difference between a criminal conspiracy and a conspiracy theory that's not yeah. based in fact. It's like massively wrangling semantics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like mangling them together. And I think he thought he had lawyered him because mm. he's like, you, you admit that this happened then, yeah. so they conspired to do it. Gotcha. The glove don't fit. It's <laughs> not how it works. I did see one guy talking about the Gulf of Tonkin and being like, yeah, see, it's a complete total false flag, blah, 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 just like the Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um I tried to force, well, not force, but try and find you know, some alien gear and some, I don't know, other other gear. See, that's where I thought the exploit, the universe meme, brain meme was going to be. It was going to no. be like, it was aliens. No, nothing. Like, Nothing on aliens. Bit of a letdown, really. Mm. But right there on the bow of the ship, old Mr. Morrison. Well, not on those ships. Commanding the fleet. No, yeah, not on the UFO ship. Oh, right, on, he was just on a different ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching, th- watching through binoculars. Yeah, he's not going to be in the front line. He was the commander. I did um, hear the name of the ship he was on today, but I can't think of what it was. Yeah, I thought about writing it down. I didn't, mm. though. He was also, though... Involved in the, I feel like we're just going to go from show to show doing Jim Morrison's dad conspiracies, because <laughs> he was involved in the Israel attack a few years later, where Israel torpedoed or bombed a US ship, or did and they? then pretend it was the Egyptians. Yeah, the most famous was yeah. he. Yeah, yeah, he was involved in that. What's the, what's with this bloke and false flag? Yeah, he's I don't the know. false flag guy. <laughs> so next week we're going to have to. <laughs> But, all right, but yeah, I can't remember the name of it either. But that's the thing that 
they should point to when they want to talk about false flags. Yeah. That, that, was an, that was an actual false flag. That does come up from time to time. Isn't that like where the name comes from? Sort oh, of? Maybe. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Jim Morrison's dad standing on the bow of the ship. Here's this Hammond organ over the waves. Turn that racket off. I left it behind in America. <laughs> I believe in a long prolonged derangement of the senses to attain the unknown. I live in the subconscious. Our pale reason hides the infinite from us. Lizard King! I can do anything! How about, uh, girl, you couldn't bite my wire? You're all a bunch of fucking slaves! Meanwhile, in the United States, (laughs) Jim Morrison, son of General Admiral Stephen Morrison, whatever his name was. He was George. No, it's Stephen. Oh, man, this is not right. All right. The son Let's of, just call him Monty. <laughs> Monty Morrison. <laughs> son of Monty Morrison. Uh, it's putting uh, the finishing touches on a little song we like to call LA Woman. No, I don't know. No, nah, I don't think he would what have been. because he, would he, have been uh, doing he apparently in- wasn't much of a musician or a writer or anything. He was a bit... Out of place in the music scene. Mm. That's if, interesting. He didn't go to concerts. He didn't listen to music. Right. <laughs> he didn't write music. He didn't play an instrument. If I know his history, and I did see that Oliver Stone movie maybe twice, mm. he's just a film student, wasn't he? Don't know. Made some weird movies. Yeah, did I some... establish in the last episode that I really don't like The Doors? <laughs> I don't know if you did. But where do you land on Mike? Where do you land on Frank Zappa? I love Frank Zappa. Okay. What if we told you that they were all part of a body conspiracy nah. together? With the Beach Boys, who you also love? No. Oh, okay. Elvis, who oh, you Oh, actually, love? you know what? I'm indifferent to the Beach Boys. There you go. They do use a theremin in one of their songs, which gives them points. <laughs> <laughs> so should we just talk about what the conspiracy is and then we'll go through a few other people involved? Yes. All right. So I think the genesis of this is with a guy called David McGowan. Yep. Who we have talked about before. Have we talked about him before? He wrote the book Programmed to Kill which was the serial killer book we talked about in the MK Ultra. Charles Manson episode. Oh. Well, it was the one where he was like all serial killers are actually MK Ultra super soldiers. Yeah, okay. And like Jonestown was MK Ultra. And like that one famous serial killer who confessed to all the crimes, he's the one who actually did Jonestown. Uh, Remember yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. so coming back now? Yeah. Anyway, he wrote a program to kill, but he also wrote a book called Weird Scenes in the Canyon. Yeah. Which is about this theory that he has, which is essentially that the hippie counterculture was deliberately engineered to curtail the anti-war movement. Yes. Now, I know what you're thinking. No, I don't know. Doesn't no, make any sense. No, probably not. I've been, I think I've been massively bloody hippie-pilled on this. Oh, really? I'm 100% on board. <laughs> I think I can argue you back. I'm maybe I'm 80% on board. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about this as I walked in the door. I was like, there's so much stuff that doesn't make sense. And then I was like, oh, shut up, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the theory is so many people in the hippie counterculture, like prominent musicians pushing the hippie lifestyle, pushing the hippie ethos, mm. were the children of high-level military <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, intelligence and scientists, mm. and isn't that a little bit weird? Now, 
the thing is though, like the anti-war movement was not very peaceful mm. in the beginning. You mm. have things like the Weather Underground where, the, you know, they're planting bombs and things. You look over at Germany where they had the Red Army faction who brought the war home and were, you know, setting off bombs in military installations and like newspaper, pro-war newspapers they were trying to blow up. Mm. So something had to be done, right? Yeah. So so you're saying the way to discredit the anti-war movement was by making well, them seem a bit lame not or to, to just to no, soften the whole not thing? Not to discredit them, to turn it from bringing the war home to, oh, smoke a little bit of this, man. Mm. Peace and love, peace and love. Do some acid. Yeah. Let's listen, all just, listen to some Hammond. Let's all just chill out. Yeah, with some Hammond. Yeah. That must have been like when they brought the Hammond in there, like, that must have been like the – there would have been a second memo saying cancel the Hammond order. <laughs> <laughs> Never got there in time. <laughs> like, yeah, let's put heaps of Hammond in. It's like, no, this is just angrying people up. This is getting salty angry. No, but I love Hammond organ. I yeah. just don't like the doors. Yeah. Right. What don't you like about the doors? I don't know. Everyone when I was at high school were like, the doors. It's like you're fucking 20 years too late. Yeah. Dickheads. It's like you take your Jim Morrison t-shirt off. Take your Hendrix t-shirt off. I, uh... What? It's 1990s. Bloody four, dickhead. Why are you wearing a tie-dye Jimi Hendrix T-shirt? Get it off, put a Pantera shirt on and be a normal teenager. So I, he's like, you don't like the doors. You're like Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> You're in love with Val Kilmer. Oh, he was pretty lithe. Let's face it. How could you not fall in love with those hips? Do you know what's hilarious though? When I was in high school in art and stuff, people would be like, oh, I'm doing this Jimi Hendrix picture. Oh, I've got my Jimi Hendrix T-shirt on. Everyone thought they were like, Awesome. My friend is an art teacher now, like in 2018. And last year he sent me a photo of some of his students' work and they were fucking screen printing Jimi Hendrix pictures. <laughs> Nothing changes. Well, I mean, he's a good guitarist. It's timeless. Yeah. Plus, you've got the bloody CIA mind controlling everyone into liking Jimi Hendrix. Right. I had a Jim Morrison T-shirt. Uh, I also had a Jimi Hendrix of you did. poster on my wall. Did <laughs> yeah, my of you did. when I was eleven? I think I did a little talk on Jimi Hendrix for a topic that I had to do in class. Mm. Anyway, uh, favorite Offspring song was uh, that Jimi Hendrix cover, "Foxy Lady." No, the mm, one about the gun. I shoot my old hey woman. Joe. Hey Joe, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Favorite Offspring song was "Hey Joe." I don't know Offspring's covered that. Oh no! Maybe I got I think mass- bo- body count covered that. Maybe I got massively napsted. <laughs> Did you guys catch an ad campaign a little while ago for some female product makeup or something that used a cover of Hey Joe on their ad campaign? Right, Hey Joe at an ad. It's campaign. about a guy who kills his missus <laughs> and then runs away to Mexico. I had a you know I had a Jim Morrison T-shirt mm, and one difficult. one guy uh, I it was at like an open mic night at a pub mm. and he's playing a guitar. He's a very good guitarist. And then afterwards we're chatting to him. He's like, yeah, nice T-shirt. And then he took off his T-shirt and he had a Jim Morrison, the same Jim Morrison picture, you know, the picture, tattooed on his back. And I was like, (laughs) oh, man, you just completely played me. But like 15 years on, he's still got a Jim Morrison T-shirt tattooed on his back. Sucked in, dude. (laughs) Anyway. So all of these heaps of like counterculture icons – Mm. are the children of high-level military people. And, they all, and they're all from this area. Well, they all moved to Laurel Canyon. Yeah. And at about the same time, a lot of like bars and record labels started popping up in that area. Mm. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. 
Could it have anything to do with all the musicians? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has also coincided with this guy called Vito Palakis, who turned up with a and sort of cultivated a crew of uh, like dancing hippies. So they'd go to all the all these clubs yes. and like do their weird hippie dancing. Mm. And while the bands were playing, and the bands were all rubbish, according to this whole theory. Yeah. So these guys were there to distract everyone from how rubbish <laughs> the music is. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, we're all having a good time." They're always hippies. Um, he was also in the military for a while. What did he do in the military? Uh, did he did he start any wars? No, he was uh, a merchant marine. He was also convicted of armed robbery prior prior to joining the Marines as well. So, uh, but yeah, apparently he was kind of like sent in there to get a big group and sort of start the whole wavy hippie dancing thing right? to, to this terrible music. So people go, oh, wow, this is how you dance this music because people otherwise wouldn't know because it's so terrible. Yeah. Uh, he later moved around the world and then ended up just like, oh, he had a fashion boutique at the time. Uh, but then his later life, he ended up like creating a little art troupe in some tiny town. So right. I don't think he was a psyop, but we're an operative, but. Yeah, this theory's for, sorry. No, no, go. The, the theory is very much predicated on none of their these people's music being any good. Yes, like people have to be tricked into liking it. Yeah. <laughs> and he he rags on the birds. I don't really know the birds that well, but he's like the whole rhythm section of the birds terrible. They could barely play their instruments. <laughs> I'm like I think they had some good songs, didn't they? I don't, I don't know, but um, and he also said you know record labels started giving all these people all this money. Mm. Even though they had terrible music, he's like record labels never do that. It's like I think that's all they do. Yeah, they just hope that one of them works. Now this, that theory falls apart as soon as you look at Frank Zappa and the Mother of Inventions, right? Because famously, a band full of revolving, fantastic, yeah, musicians. But most of their music was pretty bad. Brilliant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some blood on the pop floor tonight. <laughs> so I guess that's a theory. That, or all right, so the, let's look the, at... Well, the next stage of that was LSD was all tied in as well. Yeah. To but let's look at some of the people, though. Okay. So you've got Jim Morrison, yep. whose dad started Vietnam. Yeah. You've got Frank Zappa, yep. whose dad was Francis Zappa. Yep. He was a military scientist uh, who was heavily involved with something called the Edgewood Arsenal, mm. which was like a series of like chemical... It was like a human experimentation program with chemicals. It's gets really pulled into MK Ultra, mm. but I think what the actual thing was was like really bad. Um, he, yeah, he, like they used to have. They were so close to all the weapons arsenal that they'd have uh, gas masks around their house just in case something went wrong and there was a mustard gas thing. Uh, I think he th- sings a lot about germs in his songs. Is it something you can verify? Um, yeah, some songs about slime and dirty stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, People suggest that's tied into his like childhood yeah. upbringing. But also he's, his music is very strange, but he was very strongly anti-drug, which kind of puts him on the outer of that sort of, everyone's hippie getting high, and he's like, I don't know if I can do any drugs. Yeah. He, and that's the other interesting thing. So Jim Morrison did a lot of drugs. But I don't think anyone really liked him at the time either. I think this is probably just something I learned off the Oliver Stone movie, but he wasn't invited to Woodstock and that really pissed them off because mm. everyone thought they were a bit much. Yeah. So the Edgewood Arsenal, they tested things like uh, the effects of alcohol and caffeine 
but also like mustard gas, sarin gas, mm. uh, LSD, yeah, cannabis, uh, stuff like that. I'm like all the riot control sort of agents they would use. Mm. Maybe that's why Frank Zappa grew up so anti-drug because he heard all these horror stories from his dad when he was a kid yeah. about all the <laughs> fucked up stuff they were doing to people with it. Well, it's that sort of gets pulled into the theory because Frank Zappa is like one of these leading figures in the in the hippie counterculture. Frank Zappa's not a hippie. He's, if anything... Somewhat authoritarian, maybe is that fair? He was like a bit of a hard taskmaster. Yeah, real like perfectionist. Yeah, he. I think when he started off, he was like very much into creating a culture called the freaks. His people were the freaks. But then, when that sort of era of people being like that started to die out, he became very, very self-centered and business-driven and a serious guy. Still wrote whacked-out music, but became very you know, serious, went and, you know, the whole Tipper Gore censorship thing, put on a suit and rocked up and was, you know, very, very straight. Yeah, but still doing songs about, like, the enema bandit. Yeah. <laughs> but so in the theory, though, it's like, look, you've got this guy, he's seen, by all accounts, super straight, yeah. mm. the son of this military scientist who was, you know, Essentially evolved in MK Ultra. He's a military scientist doing LSD experiments. Well, I think he's a chemist and a mathematician. Mm. So, like, those guys aren't the ones doing the, you know, they're not deciding on how to drug the population. They're just being told what formulas to try or, and build. Or are they? But yeah. you, so you've got this guy, he's high ranking yeah. military scientist. I don't think he's high ranking. He's the highest ranking. I don't think he's high ranking at all. <laughs> Four Eagle General of Science. <laughs> he's just like a nerd. Anyway, <laughs> you've got this military scientist. President who, of science. <laughs> whose son is a huge figure in this counterculture movement. Hmm. But the son is like so different to the counterculture movement. And so that fits into the theory though. Yeah. Like the idea that they've manufactured this, but like he's not a hippie. He's his own... He's a fascist, essentially. He's mm. like a hard, but that's that all fits in. It all makes sense. Kind of, yeah. It all makes sense in this guy's theory yeah, yeah, and yeah. in his head. Yeah. Another one I got was John Phillips, uh, Mamas and the Puppers. Yep. He's tied into this a lot. They've got, uh, you know, some of the songs that kind of define the movement. If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear a flower on your hair. Uh, his dad is also in the military. He grew up as an army brat um, and his mother apparently claimed to be psychic. Right. Uh, and I think ended up maybe schizophrenic. Mm. Whether or, or not there really was... Really psychic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was another one in the mix and he lived around in the Laurel Canyon area. Um, his dad, though, when I looked at that, he was <coughs> a retired officer who owned a bar um, by this point. So he wasn't exactly high ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Now, Laurel Canyon area, mm. 1947. Yes. The US military established a secret film unit headquarters there. Are you across this? No. So, deep in Laurel Canyon, uh, they formed Lookout Mountain. Oh, yeah. Which is like an Air Force film studio, basically. Mm. And it was apparently a full blown production film studio, but they. What their main purpose was was to develop all the films of the nuclear atomic bomb testing that had been done. Um, 
And then they closed that down when everyone who was dealing with nuclear stuff was like, let's just test all this shit underground. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be blowing up deserts yeah. filming it. <laughs> so they closed it down in 1963. Yep. 1971, a young fella is born by the name of Jared Leto. What? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's born and Echelon... The global surveillance and intelligence collection operation run by the US, the UK, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. Oh, the Five Eyes? Launches. Mm-hmm. In 71? Yeah. Okay. The year of Jared Leto's birth. Yep. In 94, Leto joins uh, the show My So Called Life and rockets to some fame as mm-hmm. Jordan Catalano. Yep. And artist Mark Lipscomb. And lawyer Judge John Lander buy the 1.7 acre Lookout Mountain property for $750,000. Okay. Mm. Same year. To use as a residence, they set it up as a house. They're like, what's this big room that looks like the moon? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 1997, the government starts declassifying films that were made at Lookout Mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, With one notable exception. (laughs) Hollywood Pictures declassifies Prefontaine. Didn't look that up. I'm assuming it's some sort of movie. Prefontaine? Probably should have looked that up. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry. To, you no, kept something slightly cut, wrong. Cut right in. Um, Steve Prefontaine, the movie Prefontaine, starred Jared Leto in 1997. Maybe they just released it rather than declassifying it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jared Leto's in that movie, right? 98, Leto forms the band 30 Seconds to Mars. Sorry, is the movie Prefontaine about Steve Prefontaine? Yes. Can 1997 Jared Leto carry a biopic? Is he uh, playing? I think I've seen it and it was pretty good. Jared Leto as the main character? Have you seen him as Jordan Catalano? He's pretty good. Uh, have you seen him in a little movie called The One with the Drugs? Requiem for a Dream? Yeah, that was a uh, terrible movie. Wait, terrible, was he in that? He was in that, right? Film. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 1998. Let me get back to my timeline. <laughs> you got it wrong. Let I didn't get it wrong. I said 97, <laughs> Prefontaine. He's trying to read the chronology here, Robert. Okay, chronology, sorry, Robert. Sorry, I don't want to step on chronology. 1998. Leto joins, forms the band 30 Seconds to Mars. Fans of the band call themselves the Echelon. Hmm. Remember 1971, Echelon, the global surveillance and into blah, blah, blah thing started. Yeah. 2010. Lipscomb and Lackner, Ladner put Lookout Mountain up for sale. Eight bedrooms, 12 bathrooms, galleries, a theatre, a soundstage, pool and waterfall. And in 2012, a firm called 180 Centre leases it, turns it into a, like a celebrity rehab place. Cool. 2013, 180 shuts down. Yep, no money in the celebrity rehab business. <laughs> after it revealed questionable activity, including the deaths of two residents. Leto unexpectedly returns to Hollywood prominence after starring in Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 2015. Oscar nominated? Uh, Did no. he win? I, don't know. I think the other guy was. Mm. Not him though, was yeah, it? Yeah, Oscar yeah. nominants yeah. for the for the film. Yeah, yeah. I think, no, Jared Leto won the Oscar for that. There you go. Oh, yeah, he did. I guess. Sucked in. How many Oscars have you won, by the way, Robert? Yeah. Three? No. 2015. Three. Yep. This is where it all comes full circle. Jared Leto buys the Lookout Mountain compound. Fuck you guys. No, that's good. I, I that's like, great. <laughs> Salty, I really like how invested you became in that, even though you did admit to me before 
we came in, this website that puts this all together doesn't actually say why it's any of it is significant. Yeah, well, I've got to bring something, <laughs> don't I? So, and as I read through it, then there was more. I was, I could see the threads. Yeah, that just needed weaved better. So, I mean, Jared Leto could be like the result of an experiment. Could be like mm. a Stranger Things scenario. He's pretty creepy. So you did mention acid before, Robbo. Yes, so LSD. It does play a big role in all of this. Yeah, the so devil's paper. One of the sort of central figures to the conspiracy is uh, Owsley. Yep. Owsley Stanley, a.k.a. Bear, mm-hmm. who was the sound guy for The Grateful Dead uh, and was also like the big acid guy. <laughs> so I know a little bit about him through... Tom Wolfe, mm. he's written about him uh, and Ken Kesey and the the kind of the, the great, the guys that kind of would around is what Grateful Dead sprung out of. The Merry Pranksters. Yeah. And the Electric Kool-Aid acid test. Yes. And he basically turned up like, hey, um, make awesome acid. Yeah. And they're like, get out of here, man. We don't yeah. know you. Yeah. You narc. And then he gives them some really awesome acid and he yeah. becomes the acid guy. Yeah. Now, they should have trusted their judgment. Yeah, they're like they should. They should have looked at themselves and been like, "No one here's done acid, right? No, we haven't done it yet. We haven't met the acid guy. No, they've, they've been doing. Oh, it. have they? They've been all right. Maybe so, that's why they didn't trust their judgment. Yeah, if one of them had been like, "Oh no, nah, I've I've got to work in the morning," yeah, they could have been like, "No, guys, we've got a funny feeling about this dude. Yeah, he's clearly a massive narc in the like not in the literal sense. Yeah, but in the sense that uh, all right. So he was massively into acid. He loved it. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy that checked himself into hospital to so he could get acid yeah. experimented on. Yeah. So he could basically get MK Ultrad. So him, I think King Casey was doing that at the time as well. Mm. Uh, which a lot of that was the inspiration for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. They kind of he he cottoned on that he's like, hey, these experiments are actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. So yeah, Stanley checked himself into uh, Saint Elizabeth's Hospital in Washington DC. Which is apparently where they kept uh, like presidential assassins and things. Right. Like Ezra Pound and John Hinckley Jr. Uh, in the conspiracy, it's like this is where they kept the other mind control people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, after that, he joined the Air Force and he worked at uh, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena in LA, which was founded by a guy called Jack Parsons. Mm. And this is absolutely cooked. Because this Jack Parsons guy, as well as being like a top rocket scientist, was also uh, part of like Alistair Crowley's satanic church. Right. And was massively into magic and like how magic connects with uh, like physics and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like some of the, it's one of those things where you read and you're like, okay, Dude who thought that uh, all serial killers were mind-controlled CIA slaves. <laughs> sure, the uh, this top rocket scientist was a, secretly uh, a Satanist, and it turns out, yeah, he massively was. He got he was like mates with L. Ron Hubbard, and they got ripped off by him. You know who was also uh, involved or somewhat said to be follow following uh, Alistair Crowley, mm-hmm. Adolf Huxley. Adolf Huxley. Mm-hmm. He wrote a little short story called The Doors of Perception. Maybe it was a novella. Uh, he went on to work at the same university where Timothy Leary was employed and they started doing all the LSD experiments 
was at Harvard, I think. Uh, and he apparently was one of the people that employed Timothy Leary when he moved over from the UK. Uh, and he was apparently in, part of the CIA. It was at this point in this whole conspiracy that I went, there's too many names and too many vague connections and I'm just getting really confused. But there are, as Cam's kind of alluded to or said, there are some, okay, all these people that are kind of linked into various things mm. are coming together at the same time. Especially Jared Leto. Especially Jared Leto. <laughs> One of the um, things that Dave McGowan, the guy whose theory this is, says, he, he asked why none of these people got drafted. Like Vietnam was happening. Mm. All these people, uh, you know, in their 20s, they're all bloody men. How come they're not all being shipped off to war? What do they do to avoid the draft? Have really high level military parents that just say, take his name out. <laughs> um, I also looked into that as well. And a big part of it was the draft was until 1969 when most of these people had careers. Yeah. And also they were too old. They are already ineligible by that point. I right. think the only one that was was one of the Beach Boys yeah. that was mentioned in, in this, by the names. And he was a Beach Boy. Right. He was already massively famous by that point. So you're not Elvis gonna... was massively famous. And he went off. That was a different draft though. Still draft. Yeah, this one was a different one though. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Do we have much more? Um, I mean there's heaps more. I, I've got... I just want to say one of the things that uh, Jack Parsons did mm. is he got it in uh, through working with Crowley and like L. Ron Hubbard and a few other people, he got it into his head that he could uh, use magic to conjure up the perfect woman, mm. sort of weird science style. Yeah, good movie. But instead of doing it with a computer, yeah, instead of coding the perfect woman like any sensible person would, definitely, uh, he was using, uh, I think it was called Babylon magic he called it, uh, but essentially he was like whacking off onto magical tablets while listening to music. <laughs> Weird. After one such ritual, he decided that he had managed to conjure up the perfect woman. Uh, and then so when he came into contact with this woman, so he's like, he's instead of finishing yeah. and being like, oh, Jack, you've done it again. <laughs> What's wrong with you? He's finished. He's like, I think I did it. <laughs> I, think that, I think this time it worked. So a little bit later he meets a woman, Marjorie Cameron, and he's like, this is the woman I conjured up. She's bloody perfect. And uh, she became his muse. Mm. This is in 1946. I think may possibly be the very first Manic Pixie dream girl. Right. <laughs> um, would you like to hear my theory on... Why all these people come from military background? Sure. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah. A little thing called World War One and World War Two. Yep. <laughs> meant there was a massive influx of people in the military yep. in the lead up. 20 years after World War Two finishes, 60s roll around. Mm-hmm. We've got all these people in their 20s <laughs> uh, who are sick of their military upbringings and have flaked out and moved to California. Yeah, that's true. Also, the thing I don't like about this guy's theory is he just kind of lumps everything into the 60s. Mm. Like, oh, in the 60s, they were all there. They were doing these things. Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills, Nash, they kind of met. And then Zappa was there. And it's like, yeah, but these are all separate things. Yeah, it's like a decade though, of time. Yeah. And, and that's when he used the the draft. Like, mm. 
that was 1969, well after mm. most of these people had moved on and then the next, you know, crop of people were doing their thing and it was, yeah. So it's such a vague theory, like. The other thing I think that counts against it is just, you know, not every hippie counterculture figure was part of this. No, no. <laughs> like there's heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps that weren't. Yeah. And all right, so you've got this one little area where there's a bunch that are. Yeah. Who are probably all in the same area because either they've heard there's a cool music scene that they want to join mm. or, and, you know, they're the kids of military people because everyone's the kids of military people at this point, mm. or there's some sort of military base nearby so they've, they're growing up there and then there's this little music scene. It's like, you know, when the Smith Street Band yep. was hot on Smith Street and there are all those other awful little bands yep. that would <laughs> hang around. <laughs> that <laughs> shitty one, Little Lonsdale Street. <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> Accidentally Burke Street They were terrible <laughs> You know what I mean Yeah definitely definitely. Just, like, just a, a very relatable callback To uh, mid 2000s a, a folk punk band Folk pops punk up <laughs> culture And then suddenly everyone's in funk, folk punk bands yeah. Doing jawbreaker covers Yeah You know what I mean Yeah I can yeah. But yep. also I mean yeah it's He's taking a very narrow view Yeah uh, although saying all that, there is, and I think we've kind of talked about this before. That seemed to be about the time, you know, when there's obviously the JFK decade, MK Ultra. A lot of people seem to be CIA spooks, and yeah. the CIA used to be doing some pretty shady things like drugging each other for fun in their offices. <laughs> yeah, and like more rocket scientists were Satanists than you might have expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's also probably a few Germans. Nazi scientists floating around at that point yeah. still. There's a gap in like plane development from like one type of engine to like jet propulsion. Yeah. <laughs> and what you don't know is that that was because of magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the, what Frank Zappa's dad was working on was like the step one of that was like, oh, these Nazis have brought over their cooked gases. Yeah. Let's see what happens when we give it to a soldier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't doubt that at that time there was some pretty shady shit going on. I don't think the creation or one of their weapons was Frank Zapper and Jim Morrison. No. Oh, but still, I'm sure we'll come back to this. Uh, I, I, mean, I think there's so many little tangents and individual people involved. That, mm. and, and I guess we all do it. We all lump that whole era into the 60s where mm. just all sorts of crazy shit happened. But, like, you could probably narrow it down on individual people and – but the other thing is, right, so the 60s they have to create hippie, the hippie counterculture because, you know, the anti-war movement's getting too mm. intense. But it's like, what, then the 70s roll around and they're like, oh, we forgot how to do that. Yeah. It's now, <laughs> now it's punk and it's violent. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, these hippies have softened everyone up too much. We need a new one. Yeah. <laughs> but what if like, we just make them really angry? <laughs> but, like, punk comes around and the counterculture doesn't, be like, oh, let's blow things up more. But the, they just keep on going. But there was the, I mean, the Black Panther movement. Yeah, but they're not like, and they're, they're not listening to the Sex Pistols and being like, oh, I remember. No, sorry, but in the, in the late sixties and stuff. Yeah, I don't know heaps about that, but I know they did some. Yeah, okay. Wild things, but okay, they invent hippie mm. because they're like, oh, the anti-war movement's going to blow us up. Yeah, we're going to bring the war home. Then punk rolls around, and people don't become more violent. P- people stopped blowing things up because they blew themselves up a little bit. <laughs> you know, no, there was a bunch of things where like the 
Weather Underground bombs would go off in their own headquarters. Yeah. And then the law cracked down on them. Yeah. And they all had to go actually underground. And so that's why they stopped bombing things. Yeah. And like the, the Red Army faction like accidentally blew themselves up. Half the reason why they actually stopped blowing things up is because they blew themselves up. Yeah. <laughs> we should have encouraged them to blow themselves up. So, I don't, yeah, it's no, it doesn't really hold up. No. But it, no, it was because uh, they brought in hippies. Also, David McGowan is the guy that was like Jonestown with the CIA. He, he's also, um, he, so he died of a, a rare form of lung cancer. Yeah. And did you see his quote about this? Yeah. I think it's about what I'm about to read out where, um, so he was a Boston Marathon truther as well. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> yeah. I discovered he was like a lot of truther things. Yeah, and someone there was a four-hour-long uh, YouTube video uh, which he was involved in, and they were discussing it. And someone commented on the YouTube video um, named Phoenix Archangel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Speaking of advice, this David McGowan." fella really ought to quit smoking with all the elitist feathers he's ruffling he's likely to come down with a spontaneous case of undiagnosed stage four inoperable pancreatic cancer mm. he later came down with unrelated cancer yeah but still cancer uh and david mcgowan said this is the first kind of ever health warning he'd ever had and this cancer scare was the first health care scare he'd ever had and he said um he hasn't ever been reliant on prescription drugs of any kind haven't even had a primary care physician for many, many years. Yeah. And suddenly he gets sick. Yeah. He's also <laughs> like, you know, I've lived a healthy life and suddenly I get cancer. Yeah. It's like, well, you weren't living that healthy life. You were huffing enough darts that someone commented on it. Yeah. <laughs> and also you hadn't been seeing, you hadn't seen a doctor for years. Yeah. It was sort of implied, that was on Wiki Spooks that was recorded. Yeah, what is Wiki Spooks? I think it's a wiki for cooked people. Hmm. <laughs> uh, we'll be seeing that one later on. Yes. <laughs> I think that uh, they were implying, like the way they laid the quote out, like he was suggesting, oh, maybe I did ruffle the elite's feathers too much. Yeah. I don't know if he really was. I think he was just like, oh. Because he also is like, well, if the doctors say I'm sick, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on to other business. Yeah. Any other business? Should we start with some toucan gear? Yeah, so the guy that we talked about last week, who conspiracies by hands, who was doing the transvestigations. Oh yeah, uh, I looked up at him a bit further. A lot of transvestigations, a lot of pregvestigations, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of uh, looking up sexy firemen. Yep. As in literally Google, Im- Google imaging sexy firemen. Yep. And then pointing out that they're all all women. Yeah. They're and all then, sexy, sexy. And men. then women. And then, like, looking at them constantly and then looking up sexy policemen uh, and then looking up pictures of Channing Tatum with no shirt on mm. and pointing out that he's also a woman. Yeah, yes, look, at, look at her shining rippled abs. Yeah. Um, so and I, I kind of posited this theory to you guys that I think he might have a little bit of repressed homosexuality. and Just a little bit. And whether or not all the transvestigation people are using transvestigation as a way to kind of mask their own desires. Like, because uh, they're all pretty fundamentalist Christian. Like, they all start with Bible quotes. I can't, I haven't found one that's not. I don't know about like the Apostle Laura Lee. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Yeah, she's just cooked. But yeah, maybe if you're like, you're like primary oh. uh, creative output is long videos of Google imaging 
Sexy <laughs> um, but he also thinks a lot of animals are fake. <clears throat> right. That's his other pet theory. Uh, koalas. Was there a video of him going, look at that, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Did we talk about that really early on in the uh, podcast? Yeah, maybe. One of the first episodes, I think. Oh, um, no, we talked – I think that was a different thing. That was like a Mandela effect animal thing. Oh, uh, was it? He's like, yeah. I've never seen that animal before. I've never before. seen that one before, but yeah. it was something really common, right? Mm. Um, well, this guy doesn't – This believe- guy just doesn't believe in them. Doesn't believe koalas exist. What? What? To what end does he think people have made up koalas? Um, it's all part of the Satanist tranny conspiracy to convince us that there's koalas. Yeah. Um, two kings. Has, has he heard about drop bears? And he's like, those bloody Australians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they pulled the double on us. A double swifty. <laughs> the um, two cans is the funniest one because I don't know if you've ever seen a video of a toucan. Mm. They do look pretty fake. They got this ridiculous large bill that just kind of looks like plastic, and they're kind of like. Snapping it around and like tripping on it and stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite type of video on the internet. Comedic <laughs> toucan walking along, tripping over his own beak. I think I just got toucan pilled. <laughs> um, one of our one of our fans uh, sent a picture of a toucan. <laughs> a toucan skeleton, and I'm not gonna lie, looks pretty fake to me. Look at that! Look at that big old fake bill. <laughs> Look at yeah. that. Nah, come on. He'd be tripping over that all the time. <laughs> Wait, is the bill still multicolored? Looks like it, yeah. And the rest of the skeleton's white. Yeah. Is that how it works, is it? Yeah. I suppose that is how it would work. A few other fake animals. Uh, if you want to look up fake, I think you just Google fake animal conspiracies by hands. You can find uh, all about hands. I'm sure he'll come up again in the future. What, what does he spend on the clearly fake platypus? Oh. Uh, he no, had no gear on platypus. He does believe in wombats. Wow. He does think that koalas are just wombats with <laughs> CGI koalas. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why he, like, thinks one or the other. Uh, it's also a good excuse to watch a video full of wombats and koalas, yeah. which is pretty fun. Uh, Russia yep, has been in the news. Indictments. 13 low-level indictments. Of? Just like... Uh, Trump people are Russians or what? Oh, so they started as Trump people. They they were sowing disinfo, so they had fake Twitter accounts and fake blogs and fake Reddit accounts. Who are the real people who've been indicted though? So they are, are Russians that were in the states. All oh, right. Um, and they, were they working for the Internet Research Agency? I'm not sure who they were working for, but they were tied in with one of them. Yeah. Uh, I did see some theories of like. They came into the country personally signed off by John Kerry under the Obama administration. Right. And they're not tied into Russia. Good one. And it's like, well, they just came in on a fucking visa, like a holiday visa. It's not like John Kerry went through it. Yep, let those Russians in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm busy signing off everyone's holiday visa to get into the country. Uh, But, yeah, they were indicted. There's been a lot of, like, downplaying it from the uh, Trump side. Mm. Of like, well, they just, you know, Twitter trolls and sure they posted stuff to the Donald Trump subreddit but not all that got super upvoted and they also – I think they were also caught organising anti-Trump things once the um, once Trump had won. Yeah. So they're like oh, – and they were doing, you know, they're obviously doing both sides. It's like, yeah, that's kind of what people have been saying. Yeah, but that's like <clears throat> the like the fake anti-fascist thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was like – so we found out – we're finding out more and more about like the spend – Mm. So I think that like a reasonable amount of money was being spent monthly. Mm. But uh, it's sort of being played like more of it was <coughs> after the election than during it. Yeah. I feel like, I hate to say it, but I feel like more is going to come out. There's a lot more to come out. Um, Rick, I think it's Rick Gates who was a 
a White House aide or a, an aide on the campaign. Mm. He has, I think, um, oh, I think he's got immunity. He's asked mm. for immunity and they've given it to him and he's been spilling the beans apparently. Yeah, spill that tea, Rick. Um, and Steve Bannon had 20 hours of uh, interviews with Mueller and the team. So... And you know that he's not on good terms with Trump anymore. So, but like, how much of that time was him just talking about how good his double shirt system is? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, if you get too sweaty, you got another shirt. <laughs> nah. So, it's what the narrative that is emerging is that more of the spend was after the election than before, mm. and so that sort of gets played like, well, did the Russians really mm. do anything with the election? It's like, I. <laughs> hate to be a massive robbo mm. but i kind of feel like it's worse like the scenario that's being presented now is worse because you've got all of this like uh tension being sowed well all this division being created when we we talked about things like last week with the gun shop guys on the alex jones show mm. saying how antifa are going to come and kill us all and they're going to like we're not violent but yeah. the left are really violent right it's now stuff like the ourselves. november rally yeah where they faked a rally and said antifa are going to take over yeah, yeah like the november yeah that yeah, november yeah. takeover and everything and also i guess that kind of ties in with what's happening now in the florida shooting yeah so there was a shooting in Florida at Parkland High School. Yeah, AR-15, which is a gun of some description. Yeah, it's the one that gets used in all these things. Yeah. 17 kids killed. Yeah. Uh, so the, it was really weird. So a lot of the normal fake news came out immediately afterwards. He was so, Antifa. Yeah, Sam Hyde, that yep. whole thing. Yeah. The buzz, here's the thing, you know, like when BuzzFeed does the article, like here's all the fake news about uh, the latest shooting. Mm. And they, the first thing is like, it's Sam Hyde was tweeted and it's like, he's tweeted at every shooting. I was like, okay, but you've linked to a tweet that has two RTs. Yeah. Like people know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get down to the next one. It's like, oh, he was Antifa. Here's a photo of him wearing the Antifa shirt. Yeah. Which is like the threadless communist party shirt with like (laughs) Marx and Stalin, like, Drinking beer. Yeah. And it was a photo of some other person. Yeah. But so someone, someone has gone to some effort to put that out there. So that was from an ant- one of those fake Antifa Twitter accounts. Yeah. And the, the tweet from the Twitter account was like, don't, uh, don't retweet this. It's one of our members. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's try and hide it. Yeah. It was just like, no one's falling for this. But people Many did people f- fall for it. People <laughs> did fall for it. They're like, oh, yep. From an official Antifa account, no less. Yes. Uh, they've admitted it. Meanwhile, an actual Nazi group really did say that he was a member. Yes. When he wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm. it's really, really, really hard to get a handle on how exactly this went down. But uh, the Anti-Defamation League, the Bunai Brith Anti-Defamation League, which is the one of the peak uh, Jewish bodies mm. in the states dealing with anti-semitism mainly and anti-zionism which is a critique of them mm. uh that they sometimes conflate the two so they get on the phone to like the leader of one of these nazi groups and they're like oh so he was a was he a, a member of your group and the guy's like yep absolutely you know like not a huge like not a huge member yeah wasn't the founding member or anything but yeah he came along yeah 
to our things and they're like, oh, cheers. By the way, this is the ADL. You just got Jude. <laughs> Hangs up the phone. <laughs> this is the thing though. Okay, they didn't say you just got Jude, yeah. but in his uh, like com- whinging after the fact where he's like, oh, I didn't realise I was speaking to the ADL. He's like, they don't tell you till the end of the phone call. It's like, who did you think you were speaking to? Just, <laughs> like, you just, the alternative is you just told a journalist this. Yeah. And then everyone, all of the other Nazis got mad at him. Yeah. They're like, why did you tell them that he was in your group if he wasn't? He's like, oh, because we've got another guy called Nicholas in the group. Well, cheers for doxing that boy. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, oh, are you all such optics cucks that you care about? <laughs> oh, that's right. He said optics cucks. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. I'm not an optics cuck. But he's not a member though. Um, but then, so there's all these stories of like, Nazi admits Schroeder was a, was in the Nazi group. And so then they're like, oh, more Jewish fake news. You can't yeah. trust the Jewish media. <laughs> it's like, no, you're the one who lied. <laughs> they're reporting the truth that you said this. That's allowed. It's You're not allowed to just say, oh, this other random person from the other side of the planet yeah. is <laughs> the guy. Um, he did, wear, did have a Make America Great Again hat on. Yeah, the, the actual shooter is photographed yeah. wearing like a Trump hat. Yeah. Uh, he also did kill 17 people, which is probably the most damning thing about him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we need to find more. But no, we need to know which side he was on so we know who to blame. Yeah. So one of the like, new memes I've noticed, if you dip into like the replies to things, you'll see, oh, another Democrat shooter. Oh, yeah, that's like the, all of yeah. the shoot. They think all of the shooters are Democrats. I haven't had time to look at all the Alex Jones stuff, but I guarantee that he's – I know that he's been pushing second shooter narratives. Yeah, he's push, he pushed a second shooter thing and he's also pushing just a general false flag. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. Or, yeah, so it's been concocted by the CIA <laughs> and there's all these rumours about different drills. And But the big, the big one that's happening is the right-leaning media are painting the kids from the school that are speaking out as like media plants yeah, and they're um, too well-spoken. And there's this one kid called David Hogg mm. and he like, you can look at his sort of history yeah. on social media and he's just, he wants to be a journalist. Yeah. And he's been interviewed on the news in California over like some weird lifeguard incident. Mm. It's just nothing. And then you can see pictures of him in front of like CNN news desks looking all proud. Yeah. And then he's been interviewed on this because yeah. he's in the class. Yeah. And then so they're like, See the one whose dad is in the FBI as well? <laughs> dad is uh, former FBI, yeah. Yeah. So naturally people- Deep state. Are, yeah. People are looking and they're like, oh, look at him. He's in California on TV. He's in here. Like that was in August. This is now, you know, it's like, yeah, he went on a family holiday. Yeah. Like, you look at his Instagram and he's on a family holiday. Yeah. But there's, uh, there's, a, there's sort of a spectrum of like how they treat these kids. Yeah. Uh, Jason Wilson, friend of the show, has written a thing for The Guardian about it. Mm. So there's like that sort of end of it where they're like, oh, you know- they're a plant mm. and then there's the end of it where they're like, oh, these stupid kids, just because they uh, saw their classmates gunned down, yeah. we're, we're giving them a platform to speak. Yeah. They're somehow, it's somehow newsworthy what they have to say. Um, I've definitely noticed it's really ramped up with this one and I guess that goes back to all the tension has been sown. Like everyone is just looking for what side to blame and who we can be angry at, not just blaming the failing of everyone and this killer. I think the other reason it's ramped up like that is, and this is something um, I think Jason gets into, and um, soon there'll be a uh, podcast of my interview with him on 3CR that I haven't done yet, but we're going to talk about this. Uh, This is like the first shooting for, like mass shooting for a while 
where the victims have been able to have their own clear voice. Mm, mm. So people like Sandy Hook, that's got to be the end of it. Well, they're just little kids. You've had mass shootings where there's like been public servants. Mm. It's like, well, you know, they can't really speak out that much. They're constrained by what they can say. You had Las Vegas where it's like no one... No one's really was, connected to each other. It was just, Yeah, no one's connected to each other. <laughs> it's also it's the sort of crowd where it's like, maybe they're not immediately going to jump on the anti-gun bandwagon. Mm. But this is like the first one in a while where it's like, okay, these are really articulate young people mm. who are saying, no, this is I should be able to go to school without having to worry about getting shot. Mm. Um, so I've noticed a weird and kind of worrying trend and I haven't had time to look into it, but the narrative in a lot of the conspiracy forums is kind of redirecting anti-gun talk into anti-medication talk. Yeah. So they're kind of... Yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah, and yeah. it's been like at one point on some of the forums, like I think it was half a dozen threads on you know all the pages and it was like they're all saying, you know, hey, how come no one's ever talking about this? You know, all the people are on medication. It's not the guns, it's the medication. Yeah. And I kind of feel like... I don't know if the NRA or gun groups are behind it, but like there's a concerted push for that. Yeah, not to sound completely nuts, but something I've been thinking about with all of this is in a few years, are we going to find out that there was like either the NRA or some like gun manufacturer mm. was out there pushing agendas? Yeah. Like not just buying politicians, well, but like pushing this stuff. We've seen, and that's what was on the Alex Jones show, two guys literally from a big gun retailer pushing yep. that the left are. So, you know, it, it, it's, I know it's not the I mean, they're antidepressant just a sh- side. They're, I mean, they're just a shop, but I wonder if like. But that's a pretty big shop though. Like it's not, it's a major, like, yeah. you know. But I'm, I mean, that's, the, that's them openly doing it. I wonder if. Yeah. I feel like we're going to find out that there's something insidious that's happened as well. Yeah. I think 100%. See, the other thing, just getting back to Russia. Yeah. And so you look at some of this stuff and you're like, some of the stuff you look at where people are applying to this stuff and like posting that like the wrong shooter, et cetera, you're like, are you just a bad speller? Mm. Or are you in bloody <laughs> St. Petersburg? Well, yeah, there's definitely. Robbo got into me head. I got bloody Robbo pilled. There's definitely people out there pushing these narratives straight away really hard. And you gotta gotta wonder to what end. It's not you know, it's not people going, oh look, he was probably antifar and he was probably on antidepressants. It's people saying, definitely it's that other side and just pushing all that information out there straight away. Like people, are, I feel like people aren't doing that for fun, right? No, not for the lols. Oh, it's hard to say. You also saw the other thing that's come out with the indictment narrative mm. is they're like, oh, you can see what they were putting out was all really. Uh, it all looks bad. No one was getting convinced by this. Mm. But it's like that doesn't gel with what we heard about like Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, yeah. And like the <laughs> extreme deep uh, machine learning research that they did on everybody's personality. I Something that has come up for me recently, just mm. going back to advertising, there have been a few times where ads have popped up on devices mine and other people's Mm. for things that we have only spoken verbally about yeah and never looked up never googled did we activate the microphone in your phone by talking about microphones (laughs) but remember we discussed of like it's probably 
absent-mindedness or no nah, definitely have only ever mentioned it once once in talking oh blah 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 blah, blah, blah yeah and then like the next day hmm. no nah, i don't buy it happened <laughs> to be continued where can people find us i think because i think i'd like to revisit this yeah we're gonna we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna try have and hack salty's phone a struggle session where we break salty down psychologically and get to the bottom of when he googles something where can people find us? Uh, Hypothopod on Twitter, Hypothetical Institute on Facebook. We're on iTunes. We're on Redbubble. Get a mug, get a T-shirt, get a sticker. Yep. Just visit the site and you can get some Redbubble ads mm-hmm. yeah. anytime you like. <laughs> Play this audio into your phone. You'll get some Redbubble ads on Facebook. Robbo, where can they find you? Uh, you can get me at aleofatime.com. That's about it. All good bookstores. Salty? Uh, at Saltmarsh on Twitter, Andrew Saltmarsh Illustration on Facebook and Tohider on Patreon where last week we dropped a bloody sweet cover of Scatterbrain's 90s classic Don't Call Me Dude. And it's a classic. It is sick. Get on it. Uh, and you can find me at Sexenheimer on Twitter. Gather around me for my other podcast on Facebook and iTunes. And my radio show you can find online at 3cr.org.au slash S-U-W-A where for the week after this you should be able to stream my talk with Jason Wilson and it might even be a sneaky podcast if you play your cards right. Oh, look at that. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians I said don't worry about a thing Except maybe the fluoride in our water supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia Say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Ooh, Don't worry about a thing Except not only did Bush do 9-11 But he also keeps the planes out in Area 51 Which, let's not forget where all the aliens are Don't worry about a thing Except Donald Trump is clearly a woman And you're just blind if you can't see them Why don't you open your eyes?